from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thanks for being with us, America. We're so glad you're here. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of the Ken Coleman Show, where he talks about your job, your career, uh, how you make money every day. Just got off the air a few minutes ago doing that, as a matter of fact, and he's here to help you this uh, today as part of this show as my co-host. So thanks for joining us. 888-825-5225. Macy is in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Macy. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so I am kind of new to everything going on. My husband and I, he started school about a year ago for a grad program. And I was in agreement with him until I listened to the show of just waiting to pay off student debt until he was done. Because you've heard through multiple people when we re- research it that you can get it paid for by your employer once you get hired. But now since I've listened to you, I've kind of been questioning if we should just pay it off now. It would be $45,000 total with everything when it's said and done. Um, what is, what is this field of study? It's psych NP. Okay, so who's um, paying off psychology students' debt? Well, so I, we're both nurses right now, and we work with a ton of uh, nurse practitioners, um uh, doctors and everything like that, and they're the ones who advise us. We've spoken to actually several that have gotten it all paid off. In nurses and doctors, in order to get recruited, correct? I believe so. I'm not sure. Like the place I work at, um, the doctors that own the business were able to pay for all of their nurse practitioners' schooling, and so they advise to wait as well. But he's not studying to be a nurse practitioner. Yeah, it's a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Oh, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I misunderstood. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I mean, if if you can find uh, the ability, when's he going to graduate? He'll graduate um, next December or January. Yeah, I mean, if you can get the first job and the first job comes along and says, yeah, we'll pay this as a signing bonus to get you on board, then that's okay. I don't have any problem with that. What I don't want you to do is engage in something that takes six years or 10 years for you to maybe get out of debt. And in the meantime, you've got golden handcuffs to that organization. Okay. So some of these I'll pay your student loans off offers have pretty serious commitments to them, golden handcuffs. And yeah, so you don't, you don't want to get trapped in a toxic environment for 45 grand. Yeah, that's what we thought. But do you know of any, like, grad scholarships? Is that a thing? I've been trying to yeah, they're there. website. They're, they're more, much more rare than undergrad, but they're there. Um, so and particularly in the – if you've got an industry that's willing to pay um, pay to hire you, pay off student loans in order to get you hired, you probably have an industry that's willing to pay into – this now as a scholarship don't you think i think it's possible i would not expect it in and i heard your question you were saying oh where do i find it where does your husband go to school 
It's an online program in Missouri, or Graceland. It's called Graceland University. I'd start there. I'd start with their advisor department. They're going to probably have a lot better handle on what is available to him in that grad program. I'd start there. If they don't have a lot of great information, then you just get out there and dig. And I would go to who your husband thinks might be his future employer that might be willing to pay off student loans. And instead, okay. maybe they would, uh, instead of doing that, maybe that employer. Right. He would go ahead and agree to start there after graduation, and they would cover his, uh, you know, his schooling now. Um, See, I've I've talked to their advisor from the school, and they said they don't offer any grad school, and they sent me a list of scholarships that said that it wasn't for grad school. Okay. Then I went to where we both graduated with our bachelor's in nursing, and they said since they're not a grad school program, they don't offer any either. So I'm kind of. Well, you're frustrated. I'm trying to watch YouTube videos. Sure. So keep digging. Get it paid you you got to yeah, keep, digging. If, keep digging. if you want okay. somebody to give you $45,000, they usually don't just line up at the front door and <laughs> beg right. you to do that. Yeah. You got to go find them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have to scratch and claw and dig around in the nursing world, the psychiatric nursing world. You're going to have to scratch and claw and dig. Okay, who are the potential employers? Who are the drug companies that would like to have you? Uh, love them because you gave them, they gave you a scholarship. And, you know, who are the industry players? that might have scholarship programs. That's the first place I would start looking. Um, but, okay. you know, uh, so it does make logical sense that if there is a XYZ potential employer that pays $45,000 of student loans off to hire you, that they probably would consider some kind of scholarship program, especially if it was tied to an internship or as you were going to do your residency there or any whatever else you've got to do to finish up this process uh and because they want you to come to work right. there but you said it earlier dave i can guarantee you dave is right there will be a term of commitment for lack of a better phrase i'm making that phrase up but they will require you to work for them for a certain amount of time yeah and just don't overdo that and here's the thing that it's not free money There'll be some cost, a pound of flesh that goes with it. And, and you know, what you want to measure is, is, is it worth it? The, the thing you do not want to engage in is a long-term uh, solution for a short-term problem. And so you've got a long-term commitment to the company. You've got this program takes six years to unfold. No, thank you. It's $45,000. Shut up and pay it off, okay? But if you can get hired and they say, okay, we're going to hire you for a hundred and a quarter, and, uh, and we're going to pay off $45,000 worth of student loans as a signing bonus to get you to come over here because we've got a shortage of pediatric uh, nurses and, and we need you. Uh, if you find that, I, yeah, I would take that. Yes. Um, unless they say you have to work there 10 years. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So now I'm going to investigate all of that, but, but what you don't want to get into is sitting around based on three law or three doctors and two nurses having a discussion. And, and all of a sudden you have a new life, uh, philosophy that I'm going to screw around with student loan program for the rest of my life. No, no, we're going to go ahead and knock it out as fast as possible. If we don't get something arranged as a scholarship or even as a signing bonus coming in, you do not want to play with this long-term. By the way, I want to make sure Macy knows and anybody listening and watching right now that are dealing with student loans and the reality that October is coming. 40 million people are going to be facing payments starting in October, and we've got an amazing live stream coming up Tuesday, September 12th, Dave, 7 p.m. You, Rachel Cruz, Jade Warshaw headlining that event. 
to talk about how we got here as a nation. What do we do about it? That's you individually. Uh, you can do it. It's By the way, it's free. RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. It's free. September 12th, 7 p.m. Central. Dave Ramsey, Rachel Cruz, Jade Warshaw. RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. You don't want to miss that. Yeah, if you got student loans bearing down on you, don't miss this. September 12th, get signed up. It's a free live stream. Go ahead and go to RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. Thanks, Ken. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Stephanie is with us in Virginia. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can I help? So, my father-in-law, um, he's in his, uh, he's like 77, 78. Um, he was worried that they have a, his father's house up in the mountains um, where we are, and he was nervous about trying to keep it in the family. So instead of doing what you say, you know, you do put it, put it in a trust, trust and do it that way, or um, even in a will, he decided to quick claim it to my husband, which is fine. But then he put my seven-year-old on the D2. So I don't know anything about repercussions for my seven-year-old or how to even get him off it since he is now on it. Um, And we do have family members in there renting it too. So this has just kind of made a big mess while we're trying, because we're still in baby step two while we're trying to do all of this. Well, it doesn't affect you because you're not having to write any checks regarding it, right? No, no, it was, it was paid off. It was owned between him and his sisters and all of his sisters gave him their rights to it. Yeah. I'm just more worried about my seven year old. No, you're not. You're just pissed at your father-in-law because he throws his weight around. Uh, he, he, it's completely inappropriate. What he did was completely inappropriate. Yeah, cause you don't do did, that. Well, you don't do thought, that to somebody's kid without talking to the people and getting approval. This guy just thinks no, he can do what, whatever he wants to do. What we thought he was going to do was just put my husband on it, which we agreed to. And then all of a sudden he put my son on it, too, yeah. and we had no idea. Yeah, It's completely inappropriate. I mean, yeah. anybody call the old man and go, you're not supposed to do this crap? We told him that this was a shock to us and that this is not really what we wanted. And yeah, it's not he, okay. He's just kind of, not he's okay. just kind of in his way. So, yeah. so I, don't know. I, I don't know that it matters. 
I don't know that it affects the kid. Uh, the okay. only way I can see it affecting the kid is if a renter fell and broke their face and sued the owner. Yeah. And your kid ends up with a half million dollar judgment on him. Yeah. Because your drunk yeah, relative I, fell off the porch and broke their face. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was worried about just repercussions of yeah. my stemmule. Like, well, it's also the repercussions husband, of your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Because yeah, you guys, you guys now have a property in your name. And by the way, uh, when the taxes come due, who's paying yeah. the taxes? So this happened in like uh, like October last year. My father-in-law helped us pay the taxes because again, we still get a tax. Helped from you to pay, pay the taxes. Yeah, he did. He pays the taxes, so he, it all comes out of his account. What happens? The rent goes into a checking account he's on. And so the taxes come out of that account and these people all that just stuff. make it's, up crap, don't they? They do. It, it, in all financial steps, this is like it threw us for a loop because, like I said, we're still in baby step two. We're, we're getting out of debt, and this just it gave us a headache. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything, but it until somebody sues you, yeah, or until the yeah, property tax until the property know. taxes go unpaid and the state of Virginia decides to come after the owner. Yeah. Yeah, and because we didn't know if we need a real estate lawyer, and trying to save up for that right now while we're paying off debt is not really that most ideal thing yeah. to help get my son off of it. We didn't know if that's what we were supposed to do or what. Hmm. I, no, yeah, eventually. I don't know that there's anything big hurry. I mean, the only thing I can think okay. of is just the liability. It's just, it's just such a toxic family that I don't, I don't yeah. really know how to guard against this level of stupidity. Um, yeah, because the right, the right thing to do would have been a trust, like what you talk about, would have been doing it as a trust, correct? Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not even sure any of that needs to happen. But, um, I mean, you got you got broke people in debt. We give them a house, which is a liability instead of a blessing. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't understand. It doesn't – and yeah. you don't even ask people about it. You just kind of tell them whatever you're going to do, and then you do it. And so, oh, my gosh, it's just wrong. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, if it was my kid, I would get an attor- a real estate attorney and probably – on uh you're you're the parent you are the guardian you can sign on behalf of a seven-year-old and sign a quit claim deed back to your husband uh, for the seven-year-old's interests so and Dave, get it out of his name yeah who are the owners in okay. this deal well is the all of them essentially no apparently her husband your husband's the only owner right uh, and your kid yeah so as of right now yes because my father-in-law was the only owner uh it was the only owner because his and a quit claim deed is not even a good deed i mean that's not all you're doing is I can give you a quit claim deed on that on that same property. Because all a quit claim yeah. deed says is I quit claiming whatever interests right. I have. And so you yeah. don't you don't even have a good transferable deed. Uh no. you're probably gonna have trouble when you sell try to sell it someday. So but yeah, I'd get I'd get the kid's name off of it. It it could just be a a simple um you know, your kid does a quit claim to his father now so now all of the whole thing is in your husband's name at that point but i just think you guys got other problems that are way beyond the issue you're and make, i was wondering if they should at. sell the house if it had enough equity in it to help their their situation well they got a relative yeah i mean that'd be interesting if you're gonna if this family's all about power moves so um, if it's if he owns it if her husband owns it i was wondering hey sell it take the profits and put it towards baby step two solve the whole problem yes or no yeah I, I'm not sure you can get, I mean, I'm not sure his title's clean. 
That's what you're okay. This is this is it's just, a weird deal. Yeah, this is hillbilly estate planning right here. <laughs> I mean, that's what this is. It's just really, really bad. Okay. So, right. oh gosh, I just I've seen this my whole life. Uh, everybody around me does stuff like this, and it, they just make up stuff right. and think that that it, because in their head this is the way it works. Right. It's actually the way it works, and then mm. then don't don't talk to anybody about it. Just go do whatever the heck you want to do right. to your seven year old grandson without talking to his parents. Oh my God. It's just, you know, jeez. So I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I guess I would. The first thing you want to do is get a kid's name off of it. Then the second thing you want to do is you want to decide how much you want to stay in it mm-hmm. and whether you want to undo all this or not. Because uh, I'm not sure this is, it was meant to be a blessing, at least in the old man's head it's a blessing, but I'm not sure it's a blessing. All right, Andrew's in uh, California. Hi, Andrew, what's up? Uh, yes, I was wondering, should I cancel the extended warranty and service contract on my car to get a partial refund to use towards other debts? Yes. Mm, doesn't matter what the vehicle is? Or doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Extended warranty statistically or 12% of the cost covers the actual probability of the breakdown. The other 88% are marketing fees and commissions and profit to the extended warranty company. So you have almost no coverage with the extended warranties are a complete screw job. Even if it's from the actual manufacturer? Doesn't change the numbers. Okay. And the service contract as well? Doesn't change the numbers. Got it. Yeah. What you're actually getting for what you're paying is about a dime on the dollar. Hmm. And so... Uh, you know, in other words, on average, the things it covers were you to cover them yourself with your emergency fund, you would spend 12 cents out of every dollar to do that. So if on average, uh, if the extended warranty is a thousand dollars, then, uh, $120 will cover what it covers on average. Now on average means some things are high. Some vehicles might have higher, some might have lower your vehicle might have be the one that breaks down and mine might be the one that gets zero or vice versa. And, but the average is going to be $120 per thousand, 12%. That's the coverages. And that's what all the data coming from the auto industry is. So boys and girls, when you're buying a car, the number one profit center on the car lot is the 12 by 12 room where the finance manager lives. They make more money on putting you into debt and selling the debt contract back to Ford Motor Credit or back to your local bank and putting you into one of these stupid butt extended warranties than they do on the sale of the vehicle. The number two profit center is the garage. Way down the list on the car lot of where they actually make money is the selling of the car. The actual profit on the car, not much. It's the way they get you into finances and into extended warranties and into the garage where they make all their money. This is The Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Mark is with us. Mark is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hey, good afternoon uh, for for me here. Uh, Great to talk to you and Ken. I'm 56 years old. I have a 47-year-old wife, three boys. Just got laid off unexpectedly from a 250K per year job. Mm. Thought I'd have it for at least a couple more years. Uh, so he had net worth over $3 million. 
of that uh, 1.5 million in a, in a, now in an IRA, uh, half a million in funds and stocks, and a one million dollar paid for house, no debt whatsoever. My question is: is well, for one, does that seem like enough to retire on, if need be? But I'm also thinking about pursuing teaching, um, so I'm not going to be able to get any cash. I have 100, you know, 150,000 in cash. But I can't tap my IRA until I'm 59 and a half. So but you got a half million in investments, not IRA. I do. Okay. And uh, I could. I think I you're going to be okay. That, but I don't really. I don't really want to use that though. I mean, my I had a financial advisor, you know, recommend you know tapping my mortgage temporarily because it'd be cheaper than you know than tapping the IRA. Well, your financial advisor is um, a dumb butt. You're <laughs> kidding me. He's telling you to go into debt and you have a $3 million net worth with a half a million dollar investment portfolio that's non-retirement. Just use your money, man. Why, just, why? So just sell sell stocks, pay taxes. Why are you, and, uh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, let's not forget, Mark, you told us briefly you wanted to teach. So you're not teaching for free. So based on your financial situation, how much money do you need to make to where you wouldn't even have to tap any of that money or very little? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm wondering. I mean, I, I think we'll need, you know, I got three boys, you know, soon to be college. Most of that's going to be handled already. But, um, you know, but, you know, the teaching, it's going to take a little while to get certified. And that's probably a $56,000 a year job. That's correct. So that's more, you know, almost, you know, more like a little volunteer work. Why are you, um, as, you know, so like, would you have wanted to transition to teaching? Uh, it's interesting. You said, I was hoping to do that for a couple more years. Had you already begun to think, uh, I'm going to keep my quarter of a million dollar job uh, for two or three more years, then go into teaching. Was that already the plan before the layoff? Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, you know, want to give back. I'm an Army veteran. What were you Ever doing? My Army days. I, you mean my job? Yeah. It was institutional capital markets. Uh, here, here's a question I have. I just wonder why you aren't looking to get back in the game, making about the same, maybe even more. Uh, and 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 get back on track with the plan you already had. It just feels like you've accepted this idea that well, I got laid off two or three years earlier than my ideal timeline, and so now all I can do is draw some retirement here. And I just wonder why not get back in the game. Yeah, it's either that or you know start getting into teaching, which will take a year or two to get certified. We'll get back right. in the so game get back and in the get game. the teaching certification. Yeah. Go go make a half million dollars while you're getting your teaching certification. Two hundred fifty a year. It'll take you know it'll take a half a year or so to get a job. And how do you know if I can find one? Because I've been looking around a little bit. Yeah. Um, When did you get laid off? uh, A month ago. Yeah. Okay. When you say looking around, Uh, what does that mean? And I mean specifically, what what are you what are you doing uh, actively? talking to people that are in the industry i mean basically what i did was a very unique capital markets job okay. and it's not easily replaceable all right um it's something that um you know basically is some of it's going to be automated and some of it's you know just managed uh, managed away okay and, so so um, hold on a second so i can hear it all over you you feel like i was so niche i can't do anything else and that's not true you have skills and experience that were related to a very specific job that are transferable in a similar industry, yes or no? Uh, yes. Then again, I oh, yeah. I mean, listen, let, let me acknowledge something, Mark. The, the data says 
that losing a job, being laid off, has the same psychological and emotional impact on us as losing a loved one. So that was a month ago. And so I want to make sure that it doesn't feel like I'm pushing you too hard here. I think this has rocked your world. It's thrown your timeline off, and it's understandable. And so you've got to process and heal from this. But I think part of the residue that's on you from this real loss is that you think that you are extremely limited. And and if you hear nothing else from me and Dave, you're not limited. You're 56. You're not 96. you got a lot of skill. A lot of experience. And dare I say, you have a lot of connections too. Yes or no? Absolutely. Mark, I, 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 I want you to feel a hug through the phone here. You got to get back <laughs> in there, man. You got a lot to offer. And I think this plan you have, and by the way, thank you for serving our country. You're a great yes, American. Yes. You're a great American. And you've got thank a lot to give still. I, Dave, that's what I'm feeling. It's, mm-hmm. it's Okay. Let, let's say that I'm called immediately to teach. And I hear what you're, you're saying. Not. And that sounds good. You're not. You're escaping to it. That's the, that, uh, that's you waving a white flag because you're hurting. Well, if you were called immediately yeah. to teach, you would have quit mm-hmm. and gone and got your teaching certificate. You got laid off and then decided. Well, I knew eventually. And then you're going to try to tell me you're eventually. called. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. But, um, but here's the deal, Mark. Even if you don't want to go the route of get back on the path to a two to three year plan. What Dave and I are saying is go get gainfully employed, make as much money as possible. Don't just fall back on that retirement reserve. Well, then, just then use the half million, it. but we're not borrowing on a HELOC. Absolutely. You probably need a new financial gotcha. advisor. Um, the, <laughs> right. um, okay. So let me ask you this. I'm curious. Okay. Um, what is it that you're wanting to teach and why? Ultimately, I want to teach uh, high school business and finance because I have so much to give and so much knowledge that's going to waste if I don't give it back. What would be wrong with doing that at the college level? I'm not interested. You know, it's it's uh, it's definitely harder, more, you know, it it would be more more uh, strenuous on me. I don't want to go into that type of environment. I, I like kids that are still molded, you know, that are in their, you know, in their teens, you know, as an old army sergeant, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I can be a, you know, a stake in the ground as far as right and wrong to a lot of these kids. One of you my know, favorite finance that, professors teaching real estate syndication in my senior year was teaching a graduate level class that I jumped over and took, even though I wasn't doing grad work was a practitioner like you. He had he was not a PhD. He was not a certified professor. He stepped over and taught uh, three different high-end finance classes to college seniors when I was in college, and to this day, I remember that guy. And we, I actually, he actually had a cookout for the class at his house. We went to his house. I can drive to his house right now, and that was forty-three years ago. I bet he doesn't live there anymore. But, uh, but I mean, I, I think you might be that guy. And oh, by the way, that pays a lot more than fifty-six thousand a year. Yeah. That's exactly so, right. um, and, and, uh, honestly, the stuff that, you know, uh, high school seniors can't comprehend, mm. uh, the stuff you've been doing, uh, it's, it's graduate level and, uh, senior finance level stuff. You can go do this if you want to. Um, I'm just challenging the overarching thing that this is what giving back necessarily means. So, um, if you want to teach basic financial literacy, um, Hey, we'll give you financial piece, uh, 
Uh, we'll give you the foundations and personal finance high school curriculum that's been taught in 48% of the high schools, and you can go teach it for your high school once you get certified to be a math teacher. But it seems a little crazy to me that a guy that is as qualified as you has to go get certified to teach math to seniors in high school because you can do math in your sleep. Yeah. What we want you to hear, Mark, is you got options, and you felt like a guy, you present like a guy who doesn't have many options, and one option you don't have is a HELOC. That is absolutely unnecessary, and uh, heal from this, get your head up, shoulders back, and look at some options to get Mm. back on that two- to three-year plan. I think things are going to develop as you begin to look for them. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for being with us, America. We're glad you are here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. William is with us in Columbus, Ohio. Hi, William. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing today? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? Yes, sir. So um, I'm 30 years old. My wife and I together, we make about $135,000 a year. Um, I paid off my student loans last year. My wife, I've now inherited my wife's student loans, which is shy of $21,000. Um, the only debt that I have is my car payments, and I got about $94,000 in our bank. Um, just looking for some advice. Do we pay off our student loans? Um, and, you know, with the cash that we have and then invest the rest of them? Or do we, or do we, you know, make the payments on it and and try to try to pay it off within the next couple of years? When did you get married? Our cash. Uh, we got married in 2020. So how come it took two years for you to inherit your wife's student loans? Three um, years. We kind of we kind of sat around during the pause and <laughs> no. um, wasn't really too smart <laughs> no, on. I, you uh, mi- on you're missing my point. I'm I'm messing with you. I'm sorry. So <laughs> you, you you inherited your wife's student loans the day you got married. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. So you, yes, you, you've yes, had sir. those all along. They didn't just show up. That's what I was trying to figure out. Now, how much are they? Yeah. What's the balance on the student loan? Um, I think it's uh, twenty thousand six hundred. Okay, and the balance on your stupid car. Uh, 33,000. I I'm making double payments on my payments right okay. now to, um, offset the interest at the okay. end of the, my, my loan. All right. Well, William, uh, what we have done here for 30 plus years is try to figure out and help folks like you figure out what the shortest distance between where you are right now and, uh, having a million dollar net worth and being wealthy. Okay. Yes, sir. And what we've determined is over the years that the most powerful wealth building tool that anyone has, uh, or most anyone has is their income. And when you give your income to car companies and student loan companies, instead of putting it into your 401k and into mutual funds, you slow down and you limit the speed by which you become wealthy. Does that make sense? 
It does. Okay. Absolutely. So that has led us to be the get out of debt people. Although really what we are is the get rich people and the fastest way to do that is get you out of debt. Okay. Um, yes. and so that's the paradigm through which or the decision-making framework through which we answer your question. So knowing what I know now, uh, having gone broke and lost everything in my twenties, and then you got the opportunity after becoming a millionaire from nothing and then becoming a millionaire, now a multimillionaire again, uh, and having coached more people into million dollar net worths than probably anybody out there. What would I do knowing all of that? If I woke up in your shoes, that's the way we answer questions. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Based on that, I would pay off your car and pay off your student loan as soon as you get off the phone. Okay. You have 94,000. You only owe, uh, what? 43, $53,000. You still okay. got 40,000 bucks. Now what we teach the, the process we teach is called the baby steps. And the first baby step is save a thousand dollars. Well, you've obviously done that one. The second baby step is to become debt free, everything, but your house. And you're going to do that when you get off the phone and you're going to have 40,000 bucks left over. Does that sound about right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. And we're that, also looking to become first time home buyers. That's as well. wonderful. Then the third step, baby step three is to have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses for you guys. That's probably around 20, 25 grand. Okay. Yep. So of the 40, we're going to set aside 20 and that's going to leave you 20 in your down payment fund. Now you have no payments except your rent and your budget. And you're going to start living on a detailed budget so you can squeeze as much out of it and add to that $15,000 down payment fund as fast as you can. Next spring, you should be able to put down a really nice down payment on a home next spring. Yes. My wife and I are actually able to put back in our savings account because uh, I actually just got a nice uh, bump in my pay. Um, we're putting it back about $2,800 a month. And yeah. that's after me contributing. Pl- to plus a car payment that you used day. to have, plus yeah. a student loan payment that you used to have. Because yes, we just got rid of those. So you're going to be able to yeah. save 3500 to $4,000 a month and adding that to the $15,000 down payment fund, leaving a $20,000 emergency fund alone and you're debt-free, uh, puts you into a really nice down payment next spring. And awesome. then awesome. be putting 15%. So this is how this plan works. It just smooths everything out. A lot of peace involved, a lot of stability involved, no stress, uh, but leaning in and doing this. So I think you're actually going to do this. It sounds good. I want to, I'm going to send you a copy of the book, the total money makeover 12 million people have read it and, uh, or more 12 million people have bought it. I don't know if all of them read it, but some people read more some books got read by more than one person so i think we're good we've with heard that. a lot of stories of how they bought it or it was given to someone who bought it and turned into a really nice coaster and then shows up miraculously at the right time yeah, when they're ready to do and it. sitting on the coffee table for four <laughs> years until i you know anyway all that aside we're going to give you a copy of it and uh, you enjoy it it'll give you the details on how to work exactly why i said what i said and where where we tell you to go step by step by step by step. And, dude, you really ought to be uh, have your first million-dollar net worth within about uh, probably five to six years from right now if you'll follow the stuff that we teach. Because you had a really good start. You're a great saver. You had 94000 bucks. That's Somebody was a great saver. You or the wife or both of you. I mean, yeah, He's a, got the discipline. And yeah. to your point. And he's teachable. You know, when we tell people sometimes – to liquidate, and I shouldn't say liquidate, but to take a large chunk of money they've been saving to actually kill debt, it freaks them out. He didn't feel that way to me. He, he was like, he didn't flinch. Okay, uh, all right. He's what's known as <laughs> William is coachable. Yes, coach yeah. coachable is a good thing. 
Uh, coachable will get you hired at Ramsey and keep you hired at Ramsey. Being it, uncoachable will cause neither of those things to happen. And by the way, that's usually out in the real world, too. Yep. You know? Hello, for real. <laughs> Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nicole is in Indianapolis. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm doing well. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I am calling because my husband and I are working on paying off our debt. Um, and he had wondered if it would be a good idea to stop contributing to our 401k to pay off until the debt is paid off. How much debt do you have? Uh, we have 50000 in consumer and mm-hmm. then our mortgage. Oh, just your mortgage. I mean, just your consumer. Okay. And what's your household income? Um, he makes about 100000 a year. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And how much debt have you paid off so far? We just recently started tackling it hardcore um, after we had our daughter. Mm-hmm. So in the last four weeks, we've paid off about 1000 Okay. All right. So if you pay off uh, 25000 a year, that's 2000 a month, okay, which you should be able to do mm-hmm. on 100000 income, uh, that takes you two years to be debt-free. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Obviously, if you pay more, you'll be out of debt faster. And if we tighten this budget on down and do get after it, I like it. I like it. So let's do it. You know, so uh, now we do teach, even though it's mathematically incorrect on the surface, it's actually not mathematically incorrect, but on the surface, it seems to be to stop all investing temporarily because we have found the power of focus, completely focusing all pointing all of your guns at one aim point, and that's get out of debt. Mm-hmm. The power of focusing to get you out of debt actually mathematically supersedes what you will have gained on those investments in that two-year period of time. It wouldn't for 20 years, but it will for two years. So okay. I want you guys to be on beans and rice, rice and beans, no vacations, no eating out, no nothing Do you get this debt clean so that you can start investing again as quick as possible. If you're going to do all that, yes, I temporarily would stop investing. Okay. And so you're suggesting for two years until we get it paid off? Uh, or? I want you to get out of debt faster than two years. Okay. But if you can't do it in two years, you're pretty lame. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I, in other words, if you lived on 50K, you worked extra, and you did nothing, and you sold a couple things, you could be out of debt in just over a year. You see what I'm doing? So, I, I mean, the deeper you sacrifice. but So that power of that focus, the power of that f- sacrifice is what gets you out and keeps you out. And that's what I would tell you to do. So, good question. Honored to have you as a new listener, Nicole. Hope that helps you get going. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, and author of the number one best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, Career and Jobs Expert is my co-host today. You've got questions about careers and jobs, this be your day to jump in. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Kelly is with us in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you. You too. What's up? 
Okay, so I'm 53 years old. I'm a kindergarten teacher. And um, I got remarried, my second marriage, five years ago. And when I did that, I moved into my husband's home. And uh, I was very, very attached to my family home that I had raised my children in. So I kept it and I rented it. And um, my first four years, I had a military family. They were fantastic. I loved them. They were wonderful. And they got transferred. So they left and I took a new family who stopped paying me. Wait a minute. They stopped paying you? Yeah, they stopped paying. They did not pay June rent. And then they didn't pay July. And now they're not paying August. Why? Um, Because they're scumbags. Why are you tolerating Um, this? Well, that's why I'm calling you. So what happened, So what I've done so far is I um, I went back with my realtor and um, I started the process. Uh, I sent them the notice um, with the full balance owed, you know, gave them a week to pay it. And then if not, the, notifying them that I was beginning the eviction process. Mm-hmm. Um, they're guiding me along. I just know that you are the expert on it, so that's why I called you. Um, when did the I, eviction? When does the eviction notice go out? Well, I'm, they got the letter yesterday stating what they owed and and advising them they had a week to pay for the eviction process starts. Okay, so a week from today, the eviction process starts. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um. So I just want to tell you this really quick because it's very important to me. Um, I told you I had, that was my family home where I raised my children. Mm-hmm. And when I was 39 years old, I had been married for 18 years. And my husband came home and he had a girlfriend and he walked out the door like that. And when our divorce was finalized, I was upside down on that house, $50,000. I had not a dime. And he paid me a monthly amount, which he paid faithfully. And from that, I now have $160,000 in mutual funds. I have a pension. I have a job. I have, um, my house is worth 300. I owe 200. So I really turned it around. Yeah, you did. That's impressive. Yeah, I did. Good for you. Did. Yes. And so this is very emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-husband, um, him and I became good friends. We worked it out. We raised our children. Three years ago, he had a heart attack and died. He left my daughter's money. They are they're young, 24, 25 years old. And my daughter wants to buy that house. She wasn't ready yet. She was finishing college. Mm-hmm. She, I didn't want to rush her. She, you know, she felt young mm-hmm. and to take care of a large a home. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason I rented it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the intention is that she'll buy it. She's mm-hmm. got the funds to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, when, you know, we're not ready to do that yet. Okay. Um, she's so just evict the, evict the scumburgers. Right. So, okay. so I, I just, what do I do? I just get a lawyer and go to court. Like, how does yep. that work? Yep. Well, it okay. works different in every state. And I okay. don't know the laws in New Jersey. I'm going okay. to be, uh, I'm going to make an assumption that they're more difficult to evict in New Jersey than they are in Tennessee. In Tennessee, oh, uh, everything's I, pretty yeah. easy. 
Uh, people right. don't pay, we put them out. It's pretty simple. Uh, right. You you may right. have to go through a whole different rigmarole there than I don't know. I don't know what the what right. your law. Do you, you do you have a written lease with these scummy people? Yes. Okay. Yes, go. I do. Okay. I went through a realtor and I have okay. a lease. Ask your realtor who they use, what attorney they use for evictions, okay. and call that attorney when you get as soon as you get the name, and send them okay. a copy of the lease and tell them to start the process, uh, and tell them what you've done. And as, okay. so, as, as long as you have followed what the law says on proper notice and everything in your area, then just proceed with the eviction. And don't stop the process for anything okay. except these people leaving your home. Okay. Unless the law requires you to. Okay. So meaning if they were to pay me some money, don't stop. No, no, don't, don't accept money. They need, they need to move. Okay. They need to move. They have okay. bro- they have broken trust, and we don't want them there anymore under any circumstances. Even okay. if they and, bring you a hundred percent current, they need to leave. Yes, I, I feel the same. I don't trust them at all. Um, and my just one final question. Um, you know, I'm paying. Um, sorry, I got myself together now. I am. You know, I'm paying my uh, bills on that home. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. use my emergency fund. Thank the good Lord that I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm continuing to use that. I'm trying to prepare just mentally, um, for how long I might think, I mean, this can't go on for more than a year, can it? I have no idea in New Jersey. You need to okay. talk to an attorney and they'll tell you exactly. I can get them out in Fair 21 enough. days in Tennessee, but wow. in Jersey, I don't have any idea. Okay. And Fair so I, my guess is it's probably a, a three-month to a six-month program there, but I really don't know. Some states require ridiculous notice, and they require six different kinds of notices, and they require you to do it certified mail, and you have to be able to do all this stuff. So you may have to start over on the demand letter that you did because you may, may sure. have done it without good legal advice. Um, and so, But you need to find out exactly what the process is and don't – miss a day on the process tighten up that calendar because what people do is is they they go oh well you've got 30 days and then they wait 40 days to do the next thing now do it at 31 30 days and 10 minutes okay and then Uh, right on the wire on everything and move them out as fast as you possibly can and um because here's your other problem every day they stay there disrespecting you there is a day they're more likely to tear up your house. Agreed. In addition Agreed. to this, and you're not going to get any money out of these deadbeats, probably. All you're going to get from this is an, is a Ph.D. in evictions. You're going to get a, a degree, a new certificate on how to do evictions. You're going to know how to do it now in your state. So find out what the law is in Jersey. Follow the law exactly and start immediately and don't miss a deadline. Hit every Every, every milestone, every marker exactly on the head and move them and push them and move them and push them and move them and push them. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. 
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Kay is with us in Amsterdam. Hi, Kay. How are you? Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm really excited to talk with you gentlemen. I need advice and I need help. Well, we're here to help. How can we do it today? Well, here's my question. Um, I've been listening to you for a while, and I know how you feel about taking money out of retirement to buy a home. Um, My situation is that I'm currently living in the Netherlands, and I will be returning to the U.S. within a year, and I would like to be able to buy a home. All I have is what's invested in stocks, bonds, savings. However, I am one of your statistics. I am an elementary school teacher with a net worth of a million, but it sounds better than it really is because I have no social security. I have no 401ks. Oh, excuse me. I do have 401k, but I have no Roth. I don't have any of those tax advantages. So that million is pretty much all I have. What is that million in? Um, um, It's all invested in stocks, Mm -hmm. um, stocks, savings, bonds. Um, I... Um, we are I'm recently married two years. Um, we do have a $50,000 cash set aside for the move back to the U.S. We have a $15,000 emergency fund. Okay, so you got no and, taxes on this except possibly some gains if you use some of it to buy a home, right? I don't know. That's what you know, right? Well, I, I mean, I I, no if you've just got it invested in stocks yeah. and bonds and it's not in a retirement not in a 401k, not in a retirement fund of any kind. In your mind, it was a nest egg for retirement, but in terms of taxation, it's only going to have taxes on the gains of it. If it's gone up in value, you have some taxes on that when you sell it. I do have, I do have 149,000 in a 401k from the time that I worked in the U S I do not have enough um, quarters earned for social security or anything. So yes, that was my retirement nest egg. Can I pull it out to buy a house or part of it? You don't need to pull that out. I would pull some of the other out that is not in a retirement account. Okay. And use that to purchase a home. Yes. How much, how much would you recommend that I could pull out? I'm I'm looking at prices of homes and they're about 350,000 upward. Okay. So if you take 350,000 of your million and buy a house, that means you have 650,000 in investments and you have a paid for house. Okay, and that takes care. I have no idea how expensive things are there. Well, it depends on where you're moving and how big a house you're going to buy. All these things come into play, right? Uh, But, I mean, if you you stick with what you just said, if you bought a home for $350,000 and you have a million, then after you do that, you're going to have $650,000 left in investments. Did I do that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So then it's okay to go ahead and pull money out to buy a house and just put cash down. Yes, I would. I'd absolutely do okay. that because a large portion of your money is not in a in an account that's going to be penalized. If all of this was sitting in a 401k, we'd have to have a different discussion. We'd think about how we're doing this, okay? No, it's just all in yeah, stocks. It's just all in stocks, and so you're going to move some, you know, you've been saving money your whole life, and now you're going to use some of it to buy you a house, and that house is going to go up in value too. So it's going to be a wonderful thing. And uh, are you going to be working when you move to the U.S.? Um, hopefully. At the moment, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, our household income here currently is 60000 I have no idea what the job market's going to be like there. And My you're getting married, you said, be, right? 
Um, no, recently married. Two okay. years. Yeah. Okay. Two years married. Okay. So, so and our current household income is sixty thousand. Yeah. So is, is he American or what? No, Dutch. Dutch. Okay. So, so he's going to move to the U.S. Obviously with you, and yeah. um, uh, hopefully move through marriage towards dual citizenship and be employed here. Correct. Correct. Okay. But that's also we're starting that whole job market thing there yeah. too. What does he but do? The biggest thing, uh, a dog groomer. Okay. Well, there's no 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 shortage of dogs to groom in the U.S. You're gonna have no trouble getting that if that's what he does for a living. Uh, don't think you really got to apply. You just get you some clippers and go at it. I mean, that's how it works. <laughs> it is true. The amount of money. Folks, you need to look this up. I don't have it right off the top of my head, but I saw it recently. It's staggering. The amount of money spent by Americans on pets is mind-boggling. The amount of money that Dave and Sharon spend <laughs> on a pet. Well, you're part of that big number. Is, is mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there you go. Yeah, I think well, I sent my kids to college cheaper. But oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. These things, these things are, they, well, anyway, I love them. We love them. We love our puppies. And yep. so there you go. And yeah, you're going to, yep, you're going to do just fine. He'll be fine. You know yeah. what he needs to do is, is uh, pay cash for a nice little van, trick it out and do the mobile grooming. Cause that's the game changer. If you can go to somebody's house and take care of the pet there. Yeah. You sound like a customer. I am. <laughs> it's a game changer. Well, no, I say that, Dave. That's not fair. You know, I have nothing to do. That's all, Stacy. But she she raves about it. Yeah. And the fact that she's happy and the dogs are happy, Ken's happy. It's a, I have nothing. Megan to do with it. is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Megan. What's up? Hi. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. How can we help? Great. Um, so I have a question for you about renting out the house that we are in. My husband's in the Navy. Um, we have about 96,000 is our take home pay and we are on baby step two right now. We've paid off almost $28,000 so far this year. I've got another 44,000 to go and we are like gazelle intense really, um, should have this paid off before we're scheduled to move. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the interest rate on our house is only 2.4%. Wow. And looking at the rental market, yeah. we can way over like for rent in this area, we can charge between twenty three and twenty five hundred a month, and our mortgage right now is two thousand. Thank you um, for your service to the country. Mm-hmm. Do not yeah. keep the house when you move. Okay, <laughs> thank you for your support. Yeah, do not okay, keep um, the house. Here's why. Okay, we've worked with the military for years, and this comes up all the time. One of two yeah. things: number one, I can rent it, and I I think I'm making money. Or number two, the market is slow, and I can't sell it, so I'm going to rent it. Uh, and I think I'm making money. And if you're not careful in the military, you'll end up with rental properties dotted as a breadcrumbs behind you for everywhere you've had a stop. This is not how you build a rental portfolio that's profitable. You're becoming an okay. accidental landlord because if you're living in, where do you think you'll be stationed next? Do you have any idea? We know we'll be in Virginia, but it's going to be a quick, it's only two years. Okay. If you were living in Virginia and you had a pile of money in the middle of your table and you said, would I go buy a house in Jacksonville, Florida as a rental, even if I could get a 2% mortgage, the answer would be no. You don't buy houses in Jacksonville, Florida when you live in Virginia as rental properties. Sets you up for a problem. Okay. Long distance landlording will get you bit. Make your life clean. (laughs) Make your life simple. 
just take the money and go to the next stop. And if you're not going to be in Virginia but two years, then you need to rent. Yeah, yeah. That's what we were going to do anyway. Yeah, so you don't get stuck okay. with it in the next move. But, yeah. And, again, thanks thanks so much. Yeah, Virginia would be one of the big stops for the Navy, right? Yeah, uh, Norfolk, Virginia is the largest naval base in the world. So you also have Air Force there as well. A lot of military transient in that area. Yeah, and so there, there's a lot of housing turnover because of that. Big time. Yeah, so that market can get you stung Yeah. on that. And uh, Jacksonville is pretty solid. Uh, you, you should be able to sell that house that you're in and be in really, really good shape when you're done. But way to go, Megan. Congratulations. I'm happy on your baby step two progress. That's very, very cool stuff. So, yeah, folks, wanting to own rental real estate is like one of the biggest things in America right now. Everybody wants to own some. But let me just tell you, it is not a good idea Mm. unless you pay cash for it and it's in your immediate area. And even then, you really have to have the uh constitution the uh (laughs) intestinal fortitude personality to deal with these things called renters Mm. we had a sweet lady on the phone crying a few minutes ago from new jersey Mm -hmm. who had renters that um she can't get out that won't pay and so yeah there's a process here anybody that calls rental real estate passive income has never done it this is the ramsey show This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, if you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself, be honest. Ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. Hey, if you like the show, we can use some help from you. Please help us. You can help by subscribing. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button. Click the like button. Click the share button. And share the show. Share the link. Share where you're listening, where you're watching, YouTube, podcast, radio, TV, and whatever it is. Thank you. And just let people know. We know that you are doing this because we're seeing our rankings in every one of the formats go up right now. So thank you. Thank you for sharing, and we appreciate you putting the word out there. It's a big deal to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Christopher is in New York. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? Um, so I was just kind of wondering what exactly I should do with my car loan. Um, I owe the payoff would be twenty four thousand dollars, and I owe it's like a one point eight APR. 
Now, I was just, you know, I, I'm a new listener to you, and I was just kind of wondering, you know, uh, should I trade that in and get what I pretty much owe on it? And, you know, I'm not upside down on the loan at all, so I'd get back what I owe. And should I take out, like, a $10,000 loan and get something, obviously, you know, less, but I could pay off much quicker? Um, so I was just kind of wondering what to do with that. Mm. You have any money? Um, I make about forty-five k a year, and I have, I'd say, roughly about three thousand in my savings. Okay. All right. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, we're always at you know, you like you said, you're new to this Ramsey stuff, so we're we're right. always moving people out of debt because your most powerful wealth building tool is your income. So keeping a okay. car payment around your whole life is a good way to ensure that you never have any money. Right. Uh, and right. the second thing is with cars or anything for that matter, those motors, wheels, they all go down in value. And so right. having too much invested in things going down in value, obviously is going to keep you from being wealthy too. So the rule right. of thumb that I started using years ago and we use around Ramsey is don't have any, all the things with wheels and motors added together in your life should not equal more than half your annual income and yours does. Right. So on that basis alone, I would sell the car. The second thing I decide on selling a car, I decide is, um, can I pay it off in two years or less? If it is less than half my annual income, now yours is sold. We got to sell it because it's too much based on your annual income. You got too much invested in things going down in value. But if you okay. could pay it off in two years, would we keep it? And I, I think you'd struggle to pay this off in two years, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. The payoff date is July of 2027. Yeah, but that's if you just pay the regular. But even if you paid extra and leaned right. in and say, I'm going to pay double payments, you still won't get there in two no. years. So no. you, this thing is, it's become too big a part of your life as a ratio. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah, and so getting if you had no car payment right now, think about how much you could save, how much you could invest. A lot. And so, you know, and then when you took overtime or you took an extra job, you know, it'd all be going in your pocket and you could use it for generosity, you could use it for helping others, you could use it for building, you know, building up a good four oh one K plan, start to really become wealthy. And that that's what I'd look like, you know, so or what I'd look towards. So yeah, in your case, I think you're already had come to the right conclusion, Christopher. Sometimes we're just here to confirm. I think it's a lot of times. I think people know what they should do, and they just need someone to nudge them, and uh, we're happy to do that. And I would say, just generally speaking, we have a lot of new people. Christopher illustrates this. Dave, this is just something I lived in my own life. The car thing is so overblown in America. The car has become a status symbol. And I got to tell you, the status wears off pretty quick and is replaced by stress. And if it were me, I'd always try to move the car if it could help me get ahead and I could drive something that's a whole lot cheaper. It gets me from A to B. Then it motivates me to do everything I want to do to have a nicer car. And that's what Stacey and I did for years. And I got to tell you, it, it worked out for me. And we're seeing it today. I mean, we had our conversation with our son the other night. Uh, and he's telling me about this kid in his class that got a BMW, and I made a comment. He mean I went, "Hey, he didn't get it. His parents did not guarantee it's got a giant payment." So he came home, had a smile on his face, and he went, "Hey, Dad, I found out you were right." I said, "Oh yeah, about what? I didn't know because I don't hear that very often in my house." <laughs> it's something you ought to hear. Yeah, 
And he said, what, pray tell, was I right about? What was I right about? Let me write this down. Let me make a note here in my journal. But he looked at me, he said, I asked my buddy how much the payment was, 900 bucks, for a 16-year-old to drive a brand new 2023 BMW, $900 a month. And this is the mindset of most Americans. And it is tragic because here you got a kid starting out. He didn't earn that. He didn't have any money. Kids broke. His parents probably can't hardly afford it. Parents didn't earn it either. $900 a month payment on a brand new BMW that's losing value rapidly. He may run it into a guardrail. And you taught a kid that the way things look, the status is more important than the actual facts behind the scenes. That's correct. Behind the scenes, we've got broke people buying a 16-year-old. These people are brain damaged. Who put, I mean, that's just dumber than a rock. Yeah. Man, when I when I was 16, every I mean, you know, every kid I've had when they're 16 tears a car up. A hundred percent. Some of them tear it up royally. <laughs> some of them just yeah, tear it up a little bit. Of destruction. Just a little bit. Yeah. But the the number of number of teenage cars that made it with completely unblemished. I mean, come on. And so what we're going to do is we're going to teach this kid that status is more important than the fact that we are stupid and borrow out, borrow that kind of money. Number two, we're going to teach this kid that, you know, he gets, oh God. By the way, the parents are doing it for their status. I know. Because they get to say, look, I bought my kid this car and you didn't buy it. You loaned the car. Oh God. That's what I want people to understand. And they're going to tear it up. Oh, a new BMR. Oh, such a a nice car. 16 year old kid. Oh God! It's just I, I I am a car guy, and tearing up a really nice car yeah. is just a yeah. dumb butt thing to do. I mean, why don't you just give it to an orangutan and give him the keys? Uh, it's the same thing. Oh my gosh! I mean, God. Oh, yeah. I by the time I the car my first car by the time I got rid of it, it had been hit on every side, or I had hit it on every side. I guess I should say. Oh yeah. And it, I, the thing had so much Bondo in it, it was double the weight. Oh, the car my and dad was, gave me when I was 16 was a turd with wheels. <laughs> it was even that color. Uh, <laughs> I named it the Brown Hornet because of my love of uh, the Fat Albert cartoon series, but it was a way of making a joke at how ugly this was. The paint was, it was bronze at one point, but it had probably 275,000 miles on it. It was a stick I, shift. Got I me want from my Z, child though. to be safe. Yeah. Then we should save them from you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's painful. But the but that, object lesson that, was there. He got it. You know, and honestly, when my kids were your kids' age, and they're all grown adults now right. with their own kids, but it was the same neighborhood and the same stupid stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, we. I it was in one of the videos. I used to say, you know, we live in a neighborhood where these stupid people buy a sixteen-year-old a new, brand new BMW, and then you just actually did experience that. That's yeah. just yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> oh God! Because I had to explain to my son, uh, these kids that are driving this, their parents aren't paying cash. Well, because their and parents he, are stupid, right? So he had to he had to find out. I said, well, I'll tell you what, find out. I forgot that I told him. Go ask him. And sure enough, he had the guts to do it, and the kid told him because the kid's clueless. Kid doesn't have any appreciation for nine hundred bucks a month. That's a lot of money. Wow. So that's the amazing. point is, America, don't get hung up on the status you of just your car. Taught that kid that that's the way to live his life. Mm-hmm. It'll take him two decades to recover from this negative lesson. Mm. You know, it's just that the, the, that you're that regardless of the dollar amount, prestige is all that matters. 
Oh, you're killing me. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, it's Dave Ramsey. And Rachel Cruz. And we want to tell you our number one tip for managing your money well. I'm talking about budgeting. Yes, and everyone knows that I am a huge fan of budgeting. (laughs) Well, that hasn't always been the case, though, has it, Rachel? No, but listen, I seriously love it now because as soon as I started making a budget, I learned that it puts you in control of your spending. And my favorite way to budget is on our app, Every Dollar. Yep. Every Dollar makes budgeting simple. It's the easiest way to make a plan for your spending so you can prioritize the things that matter to you. And you can get started today for free. Just download the app and check the show notes for the link. And you guys don't wait to start budgeting. Download Every Dollar and create your free account today. Do it. It's the best. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Angela is in Midland, Texas. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, y'all. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? My husband and I are new to Baby Step 7, and we called the, our financial advisor to see what to do with the extra money. And he suggested a life insurance retirement plan, and it kind of raised a red flag because it has life insurance in it. It would raise a red flag. It would shoot off fireworks. <laughs> fireworks that would cause me to change financial planners. I don't think you got a financial planner that give an insurance agent. And uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I mean, who? Who? Uh, does this guy have a company that he works for? Yes, it's one of the national places one of the national insurance places? No, it's a financial advisor national place. Okay. Wow. I don't know if I can say it on there. <laughs> uh, you can say whatever you want to, but I'm just trying to figure out who I want to trash. Um, the, uh, um, so here, here's the thing. Very few people recommend that in the financial world, unless they're in the insurance business. Very few. And, uh, so he, he's, if he's working for a traditional, uh, brokerage house type thing and he recommending this, he's, he's an unusual bird. Um, uh, how old is this guy? Oh, he seems to be about late thirties, early forties. Okay. Yeah. That's unusual too then. All right. It's an Edward Jones. Okay. All right. Uh, it's unusual for Edward Jones. We don't work with Edward Jones, but it's unusual for them. Um, uh, because uh, they're typically a typical brokerage house, and they don't—they're not usually peddling this crap. So I don't know where this kid's do, where this kid's going doing this thing. But yeah, that scares me. And no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. Okay. No. I, do you have a recommendation? What to do with extra money at Baby Step Seven? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I personally have been doing that for thirty years or so, um, and I buy mutual funds that have a low turnover ratio. Uh, or I buy real estate that I pay cash for. Okay. And so what I have ended up doing, honestly, is I've ended up throwing money into an S&P 500 no-load fund until it gets enough in there to buy a piece of real estate. <laughs> and then I pull it out and do that. So here, here's the why you do here, Let me explain what that means, low turnover ratio means, okay? Inside of a mutual fund, the percentage of the stock's inside the mutual fund there's 90 to 200 stocks in the typical mutual fund the percentage of them that are sold every year is called the turnover ratio 
the profits on those sales are all taxable. So if a mutual fund, say, had a 100% turnover, 100% of the profits from that mutual fund that year will be taxable. Follow me? Right. If you don't sell a stock and it goes up in value, you do not pay taxes on the capital gain until you sell it. You understand that, right? Okay. Yes, sir. So if a stock goes from $50 to $70 and you don't sell it, until you sell it, you don't pay taxes on that $20 gain per share. Mutual funds are the same way. So if you get a low turnover ratio, like a, an S&P 500 will usually have a 3 to a 5% turnover ratio, meaning 95% of the profits are not taxable until you sell the mutual fund. And when you do sell the mutual fund out, uh, you're going to pay taxes at a capital gains rate if you've held it for more than one year, and that rate would be 15%, a lot less than your ordinary income rate. So it's a great way to save money. So, uh, you know, capital gains growth of any kind is not taxable until you sell it. So if you buy a house for $100,000, it goes to 150000 as a rental. You do not pay taxes on that capital gains growth until you sell the house. If you buy a low turnover mutual funds, you don't pay taxes on it. So it's basically tax deferred growth. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So a low turnover mutual fund and, um, click online and go to uh, smartvestor at ramseysolutions.com and find the broker that were and or brokers that we're recommending in your area. They will not give you this type of advice. Uh, they will, they will teach you the stuff that I'm teaching you right now and they can help you find some low turnover mutual funds and you'll get a, um, an investment advisor that you can trust. But, um, it's nothing against Edward Jones, but that kid's giving bad advice, uh, there. And that's, that's honestly, it's unusual for Edward Jones. I, I'm shocked, but, um, usually they would, uh, be more traditional than that. I half expected her to give me a life insurance company's name. I thought I thought the national one was coming, and I wonder if this young man's getting a commission, a little kickback on this. Oh, definitely, definitely. Commissions on these things are are 10x what it is on a mutual fund. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a big commission item, but even then, the brokerage houses have abandoned it. Are, mm-hmm. are these people, um, you know, like a Raymond James or a uh, you know, uh, an AG Edwards or, uh, uh, you know, whoever, I mean, Merrill Lynch, they, they've abandoned selling this stuff long ago because everyone outside the life insurance business has figured out that, you know, these whole life and universal life products are absolute trash. They're horrible, chunked full of fees, overpriced insurance They they get upside down and run backwards before you know it. I mean, it's a disastrous industry. It's an antiquated industry. And so the only people that say whole life life insurance is good are people that sell it. That's the only one. I mean, so, but this kid's only bringing it up because, yeah, some, somebody brought it into some sales meeting, pitched this guy, and he's young, and he just bit because he could say he got dollar signs in his eyes off the commission. So oh, exactly, sure. exactly what happened. Yep, yep. That's but, right. Because, again, I, I, I would wager to say, again, we don't do any business. No smart, no Edward Jones or Smart Vester Press, okay? So I'm, but I'm not mad at them. They're, they're a traditional good company there's nothing wrong with the company in general and, and so i do think this is unusual yeah uh if, if you told me you're doing uh something like northwestern mutual well then i would have said run yeah you know, right well that's their that's way a different yeah. right instead i'm just saying you should reconsider who's giving you advice yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different yeah, yeah. you know oh my gosh but yeah that that's what you're facing so uh whoo wow yeah um whole life life insurance and leasing a car 
are two signs that you are 100% intent on remaining in the middle class. Right. These are, these are the payday lenders of the middle class. And, uh, you know, the lower class, uh, generally they get ripped off by like, I mean, lower socioeconomic ladder. I don't mean class, but I'm talking about class in terms of, uh, financial inputs. Um, you know, they get ripped off by tote the note lot, rent to own, Mm -hmm. uh, pawn shops. Uh, that's who's in there into town. Uh, Payday lenders are the oh, worst sure. of the worst, the yep. scummies to the scum. So the whole life life insurance agent, the car leasing, is the payday lender of the middle class. Yep. That's what it amounts to. And, uh, you know, that's who rips them off. See, you don't see these things in the rich end of town. No, you don't. You know, that's the, the other thing I wanted to ask you. You know why? Because rich people don't do that stuff. That's, that's how right. they got rich. What's the ratio of people in Baby Step 7 really needing insurance? You know, you become self-insured. The more she was just see. looking for a retirement. She was looking for an investment. Oh, vehicle. I know. But I just wanted to bring this up for new listeners because this idea of insurance in general. Well, life insurance, you, I don't know. I mean, it, it's based on, you know. Net worth. If you die, is there enough money to take care of everybody right. that's left? Right. That's the formula. Right. And if, you know, if you're sitting on $10 million and, you, you know, the kids are grown and gone and you die, you don't need life insurance. I don't have life insurance. Right. I'm, I don't, but I don't, my kids are grown and gone. They're, they're independent. Right. Um, and there's, a, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of assets left to Miss Sharon. She'll yeah. be fine. You know, so I think she can struggle through. What do you think? <laughs> you know, so I don't think she needs freaking life insurance. So yeah, we you become self-insured by getting the kids grown and gone, getting rid of the debts and building a balance in your retirement and your investments. Right. That's right. That's right. So you got a couple million dollars in your retirement. You got a paid for house. The kids are grown and gone. Your need for life insurance is gone. That's right. And so then the only time they would bring it up to somebody like Angela in her case is, uh, it, it, trying to sell it as an oh, investment yeah. program, which yep. is a bunch of crap. Yeah, keep those in two separate buckets. One of those little little emojis, turds with eyes on it. That's what this <laughs> thing is. That's, that's exactly what it is. We right need there. that little pile of turd emoji, James. So we need that. We need to be able yeah. pop that up at will here with a sound effect. Maybe yeah. I don't know. We'll well, see. Just put it right there on the old whole life <laughs> life insurance right there. Boom. Right there. Boom. Boom. Right there. Yeah. Boom. This is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, where he helps people with jobs and careers. He's my co-host today. He also wrote a number one bestseller, From Paycheck to Purpose. So thanks for hanging out with us. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Chris is in Boston. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, Dave. How you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, I wanted some advice here. Um, it's been kind of a interesting summer. Um, I was um, laid off a couple of months ago. Um, had a really good position. I was a VP. A transformation company came into the company and took it over and it was by uh it was pretty surprising very bad week packages two weeks and then at the end of the month um hopped on cobra unfortunately two months later after that my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer mm. so um what i'm trying to do is the most important thing is taking care of her sure. you know um i'm 54 years old and and um you know i have no debt which is great um, my house is paid for 
you know, I have a pretty solid IRA and I have um, some money, um, you know, for the situation. But, you know, you get concerned that, you know, I have really good insurance through the COBRA. I'm paying $2,100 a month, of course. You know how COBRA goes. Yep. Um, I would prefer to not work right now. But, you know, with other bills coming in, so you have to just, I don't know what type of bill is going to come in based on this because she'll be doing chemo every week for the next three months and then chemo every three weeks for the next three months in surgery. Should I continue to look for a job? You know, I think a lot of companies are kind of scared because I was a VP and a GM and my age, but I'm, I'm kind of at that stage in my life where it's more project, you know, um, just looking for some good advice from somebody, you know, and kind of get an understanding what, what your thoughts are. What do you mean when you say project? Do you mean you feel like you're more of a freelancer, project by project type guy now? Is that what you mean? Well, I could go, look, I'll be honest with you. I could, I could, you know, manage a large team or I'm to the point, you give me a project, I can just, you know, from an innovation standpoint of from a strategic standpoint, even managing a PNL, I can go do that. You know, I don't need to manage, you know, a large team. Uh-huh. You know, um, I don't want to, of course, you know, when you have those conversations because they say, oh, you're overqualified and you say, well, I could do this or that. You know how companies are. They don't think you want to work. You know, I think in my situation it might be helpful, you know, for a company for me to come in with my experience. I but think again, so, too. I think, by the, the way, the if you ever run into that right now. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick on the, if you ever run into this, you're overqualified. Let me tell you what that's code for. Okay. That's code for, they think that, um, you're you're not going to stay, that you're not going to stay, or they also think that they can't afford you. And I think what you have to say is, is you have to tell them your situation and go, Hey, I'm, I'm flexible. Make me an offer. Uh, and a lot of times we hear that people look at someone's resume and they go, why would you be downshifting? It starts to come up with red flags, yellow flags. So that's all about communication. Just want to address that. If you're very clear in the interview process, tell them who you are, what you're about, how flexible you are. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. The whole idea, I look, I've made the big salary. And sure. the other thing is you don't want to play that down because when you have that conversation, I, I don't know if it, causes a red flag too you know what i'm saying i don't need to make that you know 250 money that's you know, what you were making last time yeah i was making uh 250 mm-hmm. plus 35 percent bonus with the bonus was coming in you know so and that's probably in the range for my last couple of jobs well again you let know, me just say so, this don't play anything down i'm not telling you to play it down i'm telling you to be open and communicate clearly and once people have all of their questions answered it's not sketchy there's nothing sketchy about you, especially where you're at. So I think the big issue comes down to uh, how much you want to stay at home right now and, and and where you stand on that. I think that's driving this next decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's, that's I mean it sounds it sounds like you, guys, you got it sounds like you got two solid months of uh, of uh, caretaking. Yeah, I feel like at least the three, just the every week process, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. of her going through the chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never collected unemployment before. I'm collecting unemployment now, you mm-hmm. know, and Boston's pretty good. But, you know, a lot of that unemployment's eating the Cobra, mm-hmm. you know, and I have, I have, you know, I have a checking, I have two savings, and then I have a high, uh, a high yield interest. And how much is in um, that? My high yield interest at mm-hmm. 4.5, about 180K. Okay. And what are you burning a month? 
Um, let's see. I, I'm getting from unemployment thirty four hundred. Um, just thinking, I'm probably going over a thousand of that over the you know. I'm, so I'm going in a thousand of my savings, but outside, I'm not touching that. If you go in two thousand, that's twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So yeah, you, got, have, you got you got you know you got several years in that one account. Yeah, and then I have just a. I have another in my other two savings next to my checking. I got fifteen and thirteen. And then I got some in my checking. So I have enough. Chris, there, how old did you, you know, say you are? Fifty-four. How old is your wife? She's uh, fifty-five. How long have y'all been married? Thirty-one years. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Yep. I'm not. I'm not going back to work right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got one hundred eighty thousand. Okay. Just pull two grand a month out of there. That's twenty-five thousand in the next year. Spend the next year taking care of your wife, sir. Okay. She needs you. Okay. She needs you. Definitely. And you're still going to be just as employable at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of money. You've got plenty of margin. You're going to be just fine. $25,000 does not change your life. Yep. Yep. Totally. And you spend yep. a year with your wife while she's going through this does change your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You yeah. know, I just want, like I said, it's important to hear it from good people. Yeah. You know, you guys do such a really good job yeah. and, you know, I try to follow everything that you guys have and said. And you can you keep, know, you can keep the Cobra going at least that long. Yeah. I have the Cobra for 18 months. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good thing. It goes through yeah. December of 2024. Yep. So, you know, lo- you know six um, months before that Cobra runs out, I'm going to get real serious about landing a job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But before okay. that, the next, the next 12 months. I'm gonna ride with I'm gonna ride with her next nine months whatever it is let's get her the other side of this mm-hmm. and because uh, this is beatable it's just gonna be a, a a year of hell to beat it yeah that's exactly and like you said the most important thing is her you know to be by her side her. And, and we have God on our side too which is a Amen. positive thing you know so, Amen. um and Chris you know and one encouragement yeah. when you get back in this thing no one's gonna worry about that gap. Because yeah. you've got an incredible story. You're an absolute hero. T- you know, I got laid off, and some, you know, it ran simultaneous with my wife getting breast cancer. And I, we've been married 31 years. I had plenty of money and savings, and so I opted to take 10 months and take care of her. If you don't like that gap, I don't want to work here. I want to hire that person. I want to go to <laughs> battle with Chris. I'm not. I'm not. That that's that doesn't affect you at all. And by the way, my people of character. And kudos to you, Chris, and your wife. You are the poster children for financial peace. To be able to ride through this storm yeah. right now because they've been disciplined they got choices they got options because they've done a great job with their money and um and they got a great value system so yeah i I just want to take don't worry about career for 10 months at least this is the ramsey show thanks for joining us america dr john deloney has a brand new book coming out called building a non-anxious life if you pre-order it today, you'll get $75 worth of free bonus items, including instant access to his newest talk, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom. It breaks down all the mythology around anxiety, the things we believe, and it'll help you reclaim your life. You're also going to get the ebook and the audio book uh, when it all comes out. The actual pub date is October 3rd. That's when we'll ship them to you. But for 20 bucks, you can get all of this stuff if you buy it early and buy it now. It also helps... John helps us with the marketing. So thank you for doing that. You are going to actually learn how to identify effective techniques to respond to anxiety and prepare for, uh, anxiety inducing events. Hello. 
you, you know, it's, it's real. There's a real set of tools to do this. And it's, this is, this book is incredible. Building a non-anxious life. Pre-order it right now. RamseySolutions.com. Today's question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When something in your home breaks, Neighborly is the name to remember. And with the Neighborly Done Right promise, you'll know you get great service from their network of local home service providers. So go to Neighborly.com today. Today's question comes from Diane in New Mexico. I'm 61. I am recently divorced. I have no retirement or health insurance and I want to work in childcare. Should I choose to work for a big retail company instead just to make sure I have retirement and health insurance? Uh, you know, this is where I wish that this was on the phone and we could go back and forth, dig a little bit more, but at 61, uh, if you can't get a decent health insurance plan with the retirement 401k options in childcare, meaning working for childcare companies that have, you know, uh, multiple places around your locale and certainly larger regional or national uh, childcare chains, if you will, then I would be looking for a larger company to get some stability coming out of divorce. I hate this for you. Uh, your life has been shaken tremendously. You got a lot of unknowns, and that's a scary place. So getting stable right now is the best move. Uh, financially, so that you've got the health insurance benefits. So, can build that retirement as you can. It, I I agree, um, unless she can make a lot more money working for an individual, being Mary Poppins. Well, that's a very good. Point. And if she makes enough more to pick up her own retirement and her own health insurance and has a better environment. But it would have to be – you can't make the same money with no benefits. You'd have to say, okay, because yes. benefits are money. That's, That's all they are. correct, yep. And so if you don't – you know, if they're paying minimum wage and you can get $40 mm-hmm. an hour working for an individual as a nanny, yep. uh, and you pick up your own health insurance and your own – and you come out ahead. That's exactly right. And I think – So you've got to compare the, the – the, Yes. The, the, but if it's apples to apples, if it's the same – hourly rate then you would take the one for sure with the corporate retail yes yes but to your point and again if you are like let's let's where she's at new mexico she lives in an area where there's wealthy people and most areas have a have a wealthy uh contingency to them they're looking for someone they can trust a grandmother very dependable comes in the home does laundry helps with meal preparation not just child care she can offer that now all of a sudden she's charging a premium because that's you're saving people a lot of time meal planning well, laundry. And, and let me just tell you, she's not a 22 year old doing this that's going to get married, that's have a baby, correct. and you got to go get another one. That's correct. You know, and a lot so of value there. It's uh, she. She actually has a is a very appealing prospect for that as very, far as I'm very concerned. Much so that's a very um, good point. But you'd have to make a lot more yep. to to be able to buy your own stuff. What do you think? Do you have an idea what a self-insurance you know, would cost a 61-year-old? Well, I mean, I, you know, I bet you you can make double doing that what you could make at a retail. I'm, I'm my, my, I don't know. I, you probably know a lot more. I'm, you do know a lot more about it than I do. But in my uh, vision of working at a retail daycare, without question, she they're makes not going to pay much. You're correct. And, she may and, make, and they, and she could make like lawyer money working for a family without question. Uh, certainly a wealthy family has multiple kids yeah. is looking for a live-in or, or or somebody there that's just there four days a week and and but you're right because i mean what a 61 year old brings to the table for that family is excellent oh man peace of mind now Stacey and i did this several years ago 
when Stacy was working, remember all three of our kids were in middle school or younger, yeah, yeah. and we hired a lady who was about this age. She came, we called her Miss Pam, and Miss Pam came in. She was there when the kids got home from school, yeah, made yeah. sure they did their homework. She started laundry, light cleaning duties, nothing yeah, major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, our peace of mind was off the charts. Well, and let me just tell you, the kids didn't mess with Miss Pam. No, because <laughs> they knew Miss Pam was going to tell us everything, and they Ms. found Pam, that Ms. out. Miss Pam didn't play. No, no. She's not going to be intimidated. Well, she was very you, sweet. You're bringing in Mary Poppins with a parrot head umbrella. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah. You know, I love so, that. Uh, I, I'm thinking that I, I'm thinking this is a premium, Miss Diane. Um, and, you no know, question. But, but assuming you don't get a premium, assuming you get the same pricing, yeah. then you would obviously take the one with the other stuff. But mm-hmm. you can set up your own IRA and go buy you some health insurance from Blue Cross Blue Shield or somebody and be in fine shape Mm -hmm. as a self-employed independent nanny you know you can just decide you is and there you is yeah that's a beauty this is america i love it Mm -hmm. connor's in kalamazoo hey connor how are you doing well how are you dave better than i deserve what's up um well i guess so my wife and i were 26 years old Uh, we just had a baby in april and i graduated from pharmacy school in may Uh, I'm contemplating two job offers right now. Uh, One is kind of my dream job at a hospital. And um, I guess with that job, it pays less and it's further away from family. How much less? Uh, It's four hours away from uh, my family. And then the other job at the university is about one hour away. But how much less money? I don't even want to consider this, to be honest with you, because it's four hours away. There is no way. It's nuts. You don't have a family when you're working four hours away. Yeah. You're the, not in the um, military. That's a nightmare, not a dream, my friend. Well, well. so the, the reason I... I mean, you move so if you away. take that job. Well, so I guess my family, the reason I can't apply near them is they live near a big... Uh, Wait, a big who's my family? Have, Your mother? Uh, these are my friends family yeah my immediate family oh no I you can move away from wife. them you can move oh, away no, from I'm them <laughs> are you do you are you no. married yes i'm yes. married and you can't move away from her no 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 definitely not yeah. that's what we thought so, so Connor, pa- pack her up and move to the <laughs> hospital that's fine okay i got it how much less <laughs> money is the hospital job going to pay you that's offer one for this discussion then offer two how much what's the difference in salary so the salary is only six thousand less. So it's one hundred and nine thousand at the hospital, and the university is one fifteen. Um, but the benefits at the uh, at the university are like way better. They have a ten percent four hundred one k match. Okay, you have all your weekends and holidays off. Okay, pause. And, you know, but you said that the universe. Excuse me. You said that the hospital job is your dream job. So you're going to turn down the dream job. For $6,000 in benefits when I'm guessing there's a ladder at the dream job, meaning you have an opportunity to grow. Is that true? That's true. But the downside is, you know, going through school, I always thought that, uh, you know, hospital pharmacy was for me. But then once I had my baby, you know, money talks a lot and my priorities changed. So I'm wondering if it would be better for me to take the university job for the money at this point. I, it's not that much money. It's not that big of a deal. What makes the hospital pharmacy the dream versus normal pharmacy? And I'm asking this completely clueless because I don't understand that. What would be what would make it a dream versus Why is that just a, dream? a good yeah. job? So for me, I guess it's the patient population that I would be working with. Um, 
you know, in school, I always liked working with the people who were the a lot sicker, and I just found that more rewarding to me to be able to help those in need. Um, I get that. Just, okay, so if you take the hospital job, you would you would move your family near the hospital, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. But it, and it's just it's it's basically the same money. Yeah. Go go do go do the same money and do the one you want to do and move your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, make sure you've got some upward trajectory in whatever you take. That you're not stuck. You're not, you know, but you ought to be able to do a lot of stuff with a pharmacy degree, dude. This is the Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Dylan is with us in Salt Lake City. Hi, Dylan. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. What's up? So my wife and I have been married for three years ago, or for three years now. We've been going to school, going to college. She graduated this past May with an engineering degree, and I graduate this upcoming May with an engineering degree. We're 100% debt-free. We made it through college with no student loans. Um, and we've been able to save about $60,000 that we've earmarked for a home. Um, and we're curious as to whether or not now is the time to buy with interest rates so high and with, with just everything going on in the market uncertainty. Um, yeah. So what's your, what's your advice for me or other questions you have? You're going to, you know, you're going to stay in that area. Yes, we are. Okay. So you get, um, I mean, you get out of school and you're going to take a job and that's not going to change the real estate decision. Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, I can believe that. I just wanted to double check. And you have zero debt of any kind of 60 grand for a down payment. Zero debt of any kind, 60 grand for a down payment and about 30,000 in retirement accounts and two years funded HSA account. Good for you. Okay. Well done. Well done. Okay. Uh, I would buy now, uh, regardless of interest rates. Uh, here's what I don't know. Uh, 12, to 24 months from now. I don't know what interest rates will be. I do know house prices will have gone up seven to eight percent a year during those that time. Okay. House prices are continuing to go up in print and and uh, regardless of interest rates because there continues to be a shortage of housing versus the number of buyers looking now. So mm-hmm. the, the in other words, the strategy is we're, we can predict that the cost is going to go up, so we might as well get in now. We don't know if rates are going to go down or not, so waiting on them to come down, they might not. Yeah. There's no guarantee they're going to come down. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they, they sat at six for a decade before, and then in 2008 yeah. they were artificially driven down because of the housing crisis. And the government just straight up manipulated the market and drove the rates all the way down to about 1% there for a minute, and then up to two, then up to three, and then back down to two and a half, and then up to three. And it sat there for a while and, and then jumped up just recently, you know, to six and seven again. And uh, everybody's freaking out like that's a high interest rate. But over the scope of history, it's not really a high interest rate. So what I would say is this. We know house prices are going to go up, so let's buy. If interest rates go down, which we don't know, you can always refinance. You're not stuck, but you are stuck yeah. with house prices. Yep. So buy now. 
Okay, another question for you is, in that case, say we we buy in the next six months, how much house can we afford? Our income last year was about 80, 80K. We have a baby on the way due, in, due early next year, so my wife won't be working as much. Um, but when the baby comes in, I'll be working full-time. So that's kind of the projected income is about 80K a year. Yeah, you, uh, A fourth of your take-home pay on a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage is our suggestion. And that's going to mean you're probably going to buy less house than you thought you were going to buy before this call. But that's okay. It's your first house. You're in your early 20s. You got time. You're both engineers. You're both working someday. You can easily move up in house later. So, again, I would get into the game. Uh, the only thing that's now making me hesitate is I don't know if I'm going to move a pregnant woman in her third trimester. That sounds like a hell on earth to me. I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you might. I don't know. Uh, the further along in the pregnancy she is, the less likely I am to buy until after the baby. So just because, it's you know, it's hard on her. I mean, really. she's got Y'all got enough on your play without dealing with hanging curtains, for God's sakes. So, um, yeah, it's okay to not buy. There's no sin that says you have to buy immediately, but you know, we were discussing interest rates and prices a minute ago. Now we're talking about your life. So I might wait till after the baby comes my wait a year, uh, just, just for, just for comfort. You know, uh, there's nothing that says you have to do it now and you have plenty of time and we, you'll both have great careers. You'll both make great incomes. You're going to be debt-free millionaires in your thirties no matter which of these you do, whether you buy before or after the baby. But a 15-year fixed where the fourth of your take-home pay is going to the payment, and you'll be right on track, get that house paid off or move up later on when everybody's back working and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing, too, is I think he's short-changing himself as to what their income could be. I know his wife's going to back off a little bit. He'll be coming out into the market. I think it's very possible if they wait a year that they might find that their income is is higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very possible. Might put you into a different house. Um, if, if interest rates stay the same and house prices went up 7% during that year, which is probably what's going to happen, um, you know, the only thing that's really going to push interest rates down that I can see today is the fact that we're going into a presidential election year. Mm-hmm. And generally, the sitting party will try to drive rates down to say, look what I did. That's correct. Um, and they, you know, and and we all know that, well, why weren't you doing that two years ago then? You know, I mean, it's that, there's always that, but, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't hold your breath because, I, I, uh, I am, Jerome Powell's gone on record as saying, if when we've got this, uh, inflation rate where it is, and it's still a little higher than they expected when, when, when July report came in. And so unemployment's still very, very low. I well, would expect him to raise it a couple more times. They're just screwing with it just to prove that I mean, it's right. not, they're, uh, it's a whole nother discussion. They're trying to trying to use a hammer on a Phillips head screwdriver, but they're just because they don't know what the heck they're doing, but the, it's a disaster. But anyway, all of that to say, I don't know that you're going to see interest rates come down. So you, you just decide in the scope of your life with a baby on the way, when we're going to buy Ted is in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi, Ted. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? I got a career question for you guys. Uh, so hope I picked the right crowd today, but, um, I'm in a role that I really like. Um, I'm a marketing analyst, and I make good money. My wife and I are in a good financial position. Um, I feel like I can continue to grow. I just want to know and bounce some ideas off both of y'all of how I can best uh, grow in my career. 
Um, so if, if you're good with it, I have the get clear assessment. Uh, I can read you my curvature statement if that's good with you guys. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I was created to use my talents of connection, compassion, imagination to perform my passions of promoting, advocating, protecting, to accomplish my mission of service by producing assistance and protection. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's just, you know, my Christian faith. I really want to, you know, serve others and uh, impact lives to, you know, help people live their best lives too. Um, and so I feel like I get to do that a little bit right now, and mm-hmm. I want to continue to grow in doing that as well in my career. So, Do you have a specific idea? Advice. Well, let me say this. Your assessment results scream people. There's really four types of work in the world. People work, idea work, process work, and then objects or things, okay? And your results scream people, screams people. Right. And uh, so the question becomes, for you to be very fulfilled, you're going to want to find work that allows you to use the people skills because you have a lot of people talents here. And then you, you very much love working with people and your motivational driver, that missional result of service means I want to see the results of my work come through in the vein of serving people. So you got to figure out the people you want to help, the problem that they've got and the solution to that problem. That's high level. And, and so that's what you're looking for. But I would not be in any kind of rush to leave a job you like because I want you to figure out what is that path, what's the steps along that path to get to that work. But I would guess you have a good idea what it is. And uh, so uh, one of the things I want to do is I'd love, we're running out of time. Uh, Austin, I'd love to get him on the show, on the Ken Coleman show, and let me work through that with him in great detail as to what his ideas are. Because Dave, I know this when somebody calls with that type of question, there's something in them that's burning and itching and they're looking for confidence. Absolutely. To step forward in that direction. Yeah. He, he thinks he knows, but he's not sure. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Stephen Covey said, live out of your imagination, not your history. Ooh, that one's good. Sharon's in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you. What's up? Um, I am 75 years old, a uh, recent widow, and we have some lakefront land for sale in South Carolina. And I was recently offered uh, full price, $600,000 in physical gold. And I am having a heck of a time finding any good advice as to the advantages and disadvantages of accepting physical gold in payment for the land. And I've listened to you for years. (laughs) And it occurred to me, I need to call Dave and see what he would recommend. Um, okay, N- number one, if this is real, you it don't is. know. You laid eyes on a big giant chest full of gold bullion? That's what I got in my head. Uh, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I know... <laughs> I'm sorry, I should clarify. I know the person who is offering the deal very well, and he is a wealthy person who owns a large company that does work in four southeastern companies. So he's legit. Uh, you know, not a difficult person to check out. And Then I why know, doesn't he the, just pay you? What do you mean, why doesn't why he just Why doesn't he just you? close the land? I mean, sell the gold and pay you in cash. 
Well, I don't. I would ask him that question. That's a good question to ask. He told me he has been buying gold. He's a great believer in the gold standard for the U.S. And since he started his company at 18, and he's 80 now, he has accumulated all this physical gold. So sell and some of it, and since it's so wonderful, and give me my money. Yes. Give me my money. Okay. Listen, so here's the thing. With, here, here, let, yeah. Let's turn it back. Let's turn it in. And let's be a little bit nicer. Okay. Here's how I would handle it if I were you. Okay. Okay. I'm uh-huh. going to play the, uh, I, I always play the, uh, uh, you know, for instance, in business, I'll go, oh, we're just a small business. We're not real sophisticated. You got to help us out. Okay. Okay. So in your uh-huh. case, it would sound like this. I'm a 75 year old widow. I don't even know how to begin thinking about doing this. You're the guy that has all the money and you're Mr. Sophisticated. So I need mm-hmm. you to help me out. I, I don't, I can't do this cause I don't know how. So what, you, what I need you to do is just sell enough of it and give me my money okay. that I can do. I, cause I don't know what to do with it, man. And you're the, you're the big gold guy. You're, you're, you have all the connections. You know how to turn it into money. I don't know how to turn it into money. So you got to help me out here. Um, okay. Well, one thing that he's told me, and I also confirmed this, was that there are no tax consequences. There's not. So doing what, yeah. There's not. So that's awfully attractive when you're looking at a $600,000 No, there's, there's no tax. No, 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 no. There's no tax consequences to it being gold. There is tax consequences right. to you selling the land. Yes. But, la- but you, whether you take cash or take gold doesn't matter. Right. There's no tax I, I, because because it's gold. It doesn't make it have tax consequences. Okay. But but there's no way I'm doing this. There's no okay. way well, you should do this. Knowing knowing how much that you work in real estate, I thought maybe you'd run yeah. across that before, or you just you wouldn't recommend it for anyone. I can probably get the gold liquidated, but I wouldn't take it. Right. Because I, well, I don't I don't I don't need mm-hmm. to fool with it. They need right. to fool with it. That's there. It's there. The gold. The gold is their issue, not my issue. I don't. I'm not getting in the gold business, and I don't okay. want to be in the gold okay. business for ten seconds. Just liquidate the right. crap and put it in my account. Put the money in my account. And we'll have a closing. Okay. Great. It's real. It's really. <laughs> I, I, there's no advantage to you, and there's huge potential disadvantages. The disadvantages right, is right. you, the gold goes down three days after you get a hold exactly. of it. Exactly. And, right. you know, or worse than that, this guy is not who you think he is, and it's a fraud. The fact that he's yeah. presenting this is very weird, and that alone raises a flag for me. But you're you're vouching for the guy. I was getting ready to give you a 25% chance this is fraud. But you've, you've narrowed that down to a 5% chance now because you're vouching for him. But um, but I'm, I'm still not doing it. There's no way. Somebody comes up offering me weird crap. You know why? You know why stuff seems weird? Because it's it weird, is. <laughs> you know. The w- reason this feels strange is because it's strange, you know. <laughs> and that that sometimes you just kind of got to go with that. Valerie is in Detroit. Hey, Valerie, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Thanks. So I am 23 years old. I just got my master's degree and moved home. I took out eleven thousand dollars in student loans in hopes that they would be forgiven. Of course, they're not. Um, my dad says he'll pay them from our education savings account, but he only wants to pay the minimum payment since they're at a 2.75% interest. And my younger brother still has to go to college, so the money will basically keep growing in those accounts. How old are you? Money. I'm 23. Okay. The educational savings account is no longer your father's. It's now yours. Right. He's I, no yes, longer the custodian. I, he doesn't get to choose. You choose. Take the money out and pay it off. 
Okay, you think? I'm positive. Even though, like, um, I know that I can transfer that money to my younger brother. You can't transfer the money to your younger brother. You have a debt. What do you? What did you get your master's in? (laughs) Biostatistics. Have you gotten a new job? Yes. Yes. Big girl master's job. Yes. Well, I'm living at home and I'm making eighty thousand. So I have. Why are you living at home? Pay it off. Because I got the job right before I graduated, so I don't know. I'm not sure where I want to live yet. You're not what? She's not sure where she wants to live. <laughs> oh. yeah. But you're sure you want to move out soon, yes? But you have the job. Probably so, within the next six months to a year, yeah. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. You, you know where you work, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so why do you have to wait to move out? Because you know where you work. I don't have any friends around or roommates, and I don't want to live alone. Okay. Um, yeah, All right. I, I would solve that and I would, I, it's, it's time for you to be out on your own. It's time for you to pay off a student loan. Okay. Okay. You, you, as fast as you possibly can. If your dad's not going to give you access to this, your parents are exercising an awful lot of control over you for a 21 year old that makes $80,000 a year and <laughs> should be standing on her own. Okay. You, you're, you're. You know, it's time for you to move out and be adulting, as they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would get my own place and I would pay off the student loan and I would do all of that in the next 90 days if I woke up in your shoes. If you were my daughter, that's what I would tell you to do. I love you and I would love to have you stay here, but it's not good for you. So you get to move out. And uh, so I'm kicking you out because you get to fly and be free. Eagles that stay in the nest too long are known as turkeys. So. You're not a turkey at all, Valerie. You're not a bad person. You're a wonderful, sweet, kind young lady. Um, but I, I want you to have some courage and uh, throw your, throw those shoulders back and walk into the wind, kiddo. And uh, fly, eagle. Fly. Yeah. You know, she's very sweet. I mean, yes, everybody could hear how sweet yes. she is. However, one thing I want to mention, Valerie, is that if you go along with this plan, this money that was supposed to be used for your education, and all of a sudden, I'm just going to donate it to my brother. I would be concerned about resentment that could creep in and grow. And I just don't think that's healthy. And so this is another boundary issue that Dave's brought up with you leaving. I think there needs to be a boundary on this. If that money was dedicated to your education, use it. Yeah, yeah. And, and your dad should just release it. It's $11,000 and you should pay it off. It's really by Friday is what you should do. Um, I don't think you're going to do that because I don't think you're going to stand up to your dad. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but I wish you would, I wish you would. I think it'd be good for him and I think it'd be good for you. And, um, uh, it, they're the hardest folks that hard for her to her dad, the hardest part of parenting is when you no longer get to tell them what to do. And now you can't use your dad voice anymore. Mm. You have to use the older uncle persuasive voice because it's the only one you got. They took your other one away when they left. And sorry, Dad, but you can't stop it from happening. Time marches on. It's time for Valerie to go. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.
Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.